inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. And today, we're going to get specific. Today, we're going to talk about the bar. No, we're not getting you ready to become an attorney. No, I'm not going to have you order a gin and tonic. No, we're not joining the Olympics and see how high you can jump. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the bar. The bar is our expectations that we have of ourselves and other people. See, one of the reasons why I do my training the way I do, and you can read about my training at likeitmatters.net, is because we're constantly battling this thing called good enough. G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough to get by, good enough for government work, good enough that she doesn't walk out and take the kids with her and leave a note on the wall, good enough for tenure, good enough, G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough is never good enough. See, a lot of us compare ourselves to other people, and we're in this little battle to do better than the schmo next to us, the Joe next to us, to, you know, to, to be the best cubicle in the set of cubicles. But that's not what we're supposed to be doing. You know, each one of us is an individual. We all have different fingerprints. We all have different DNA. There are like 30-some things that are different about you. I'll have unique qualities to your voice, even when you're raspy and lose it like I did. We all have a unique qualities of our gait. There's gait technology in China. They can film a group of people, a, a gang of people, covered faces. They can't see who they are. And they can identify with how you walk. Yep. Your tongue print is unique to you. Your finger and toe feet prints are unique to you. Um, your your design of your ear, the, that round part and all that, is unique to you. Uh, the, the venal pattern in the back of your retina is unique to you. There are 30-some things now that I've identified that are unique to every human being. Can I tell you what else is unique? Your trauma. Your drama. And we have a tendency to judge. Yes, you do. Quit lying. What do you think prejudice is? Prejudge. So we have this litmus test. We compare people. We compare things. And we judge people. And so we lower the bar on ourselves and on other people. Why does it matter? Because expectations, as someone says, is the seat of all disappointment. And so what a lot of people do is they start having expectations. That's not the answer. See, the idiom, raise the bar, means to set a higher standard and expectations than before, hence demanding more effort and struggle. And this is the problem. People are afraid to struggle today. But it is in the struggling that we learn to overcome. You know, I use the example all the time that let's say you're watching a a bird, uh, a little, you know, a bird watcher, and you're seeing this nest, and in this nest, you've watched his mother lay these eggs, uh, uh, incubate these eggs, and now you see one of these eggs starts to hatch, and you've been watching it for a while, and now you're getting worried because it looks like that little chickadee inside that egg is having trouble. 
it looks like it's not going to make it out. Maybe the the little bird's going to die in there because for some reason it can't get out of its shell. And so you feel the need to help it because you're a compassionate person. And so you know if you touch that bird's egg that that mother will never touch it again. So you take double precautions. You put on gloves and then you use tweezers. So there's no way your oils, your fluids, your smell can ever touch that egg. So that way you're protecting that bird once you save it so the mother will nurture it and raise it. And so you slowly take those tweezers and you slowly pull off that shell to help that little creature. Do you know what you just did? Depending on the day, the time of day, you just made that creature someone's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You know why? Because where does that bird get the strength in its wings to fly? Well, it gets the strength in its wings from breaking out of its shell. And that is so apropos for this creature we call the human being. Because we all live in a shell. Now, it looks different. Some shells are bigger than others. Some shells are more harsh than others. But the key is to help people get out. And I talk about it all the time on the drama triangle. The drama triangle has three pieces. It has the victim, as the rescuer, and as the persecutor. And I hear it all the time. And on yesterday's show, we had Kiana join us. And she was talking about the wall of being a rescuer. It's the savior complex. And it sounds like such a good thing, but what the psychological term of rescuer means is that you are doing for other people what they should do for themselves, what they could do for themselves. You know, we learn, we get our wings, we learn how to overcome, we get self-confidence, not from reading a good book. You don't get self-confidence from reading a good book. You don't get self-confidence from a good orator like me. I can't instill self-confidence in you. You know where you get self-confidence from? In the fire. You get self-confidence by getting knocked on your butt and then having to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again. That's how you get self-confidence. You get strength in your wings. You know, the story goes about a good old boy. He's from New York. I mean, he's from uh, Georgia, and he's in New York City, and he's doing some sightseeing. And he jumps into a taxi cab, and he says, Hey, Mac, what's the best way to get to Carnegie Hall? And the taxi cab driver said, that's easy. Practice, practice, practice. And the best way to learn to overcome, the best way to learn to do this is to practice, practice, practice. See, in the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, Proverbs 24, 16, it says a righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. See, it doesn't matter that life knocks you down. What matters is that you get back up. It doesn't matter how many times life knocks you down. What matters is how many times you get back up. And all that is driven by a belief system. And you got to realize our belief systems dictate everything. Matter of fact, 
there's something called, uh, and actually I'll go to Dr. Rosenthal and Jacobson in 1968, originally proposed that teacher expectations act as self-fulfilling prophecies because student achievement reflects expectations. Once teachers form expectations, they convey them to students through smiles, eye contact, and supportive and family actions. See, there are two things out there called the Pygmalion effect and the Galatea effect. The Galatea and the Pygmalion effects are two important management theories based on the power of expectations, based on where you set your bar. The fundamental difference between the two theories is that the Galatea effect is based on an individual's expectations about himself, whereas the Pygmalion effect is based on the premise of people's expectations of others. In other words, where you set your bar. And today you're going to hear from a graduate from Leadership Awakening that was in my class last week in Las Vegas. And then talk about how many people lower the bar on people. They feel pity for them. They don't expect a lot from them. And what do you think they get? They get what they expect. And what I do as a, as a life caddy, as a life coach, as someone who helps people maximize the potentials they were created with, I have high expectations. And early on, those people don't have them. So I'm pushing on this person who's broken, who's shut down, who's numb, who can't even look in the eye. And everybody else thinks I'm the monster. But I'm actually the one that cares enough about that person to have high expectations. And I want to challenge you today. Where's your bar at for people? Look at the people in your life. And look at the people that you have low expectations from. And notice how you're enabling that person to stay stuck, stale, and stagnant. Whereas a leader, if you would raise the bar, if you would raise your expectation and then help them reach those, you will forever change their life. And that's what I've been doing for 30 years at likeitmatters.net. So today we're going to be joined by a recent graduate and we're going to talk about the bar. I am Black and we'll be right back. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about the bar. 
the bar is our expectation. And one thing that we say in our training at likeitmatters.net is raise the bar. Matter of fact, before anybody comes in my room, uh, training room, we play the song Raise the Bar. And so as the class is outside the door waiting to come in my room, they are hearing this intense song called Raise the Bar. And man, they hear that over and over and over throughout the weekend. And because our expectations really dictate our bar. If you think someone is weak and wimpy and can't accomplish anything, your expectation about that person is going to be weak and wimpy. If your expectation about someone is they're solid, they're incredible, they can do far more than most people can even imagine, you're going to have a high bar. And the outcome is going to be predicated not just on that person's uh, effort. It's also going to be predicated on your expectations. And so you're blessed because the week after class, we like to bring hope. And that hope is brought in the form of having recent graduates from our Leadership Awakening training join us. Why? Not to promote our training, but to give you hope. To tell you that no matter what's going on in your life, you can get more, you can do more, you can be more. Do you hear the expectation there? But without a belief system, it doesn't matter. So let's go to the phone lines and let's welcome Jeremy to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing really well, Scott. Um, thank you so much for having me on the call today. I'm glad, glad you're here. Glad you're here. So you are a graduating team member of 230. So you you joined me in Las Vegas last weekend. And uh, uh, on the short side, how was your weekend, man? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I shared this with you on the side, Scott, but it, it, you brought the fire. I, I mean, enough to singe the hair on my eyebrows. Um, <laughs> I, and, and my heart's, <laughs> my heart's beating just kind of like it was when you played Raise the Bar and we're at that door. I, I feel that now yeah. uh, because I want to make sure that the message gets across on how it affected me. So. Amen. Amen. And, you know, uh, I tell you in the class that uh, our goal for the weekend is to see how far we can go in two and a half days. And I actually tell you that yeah. you will never reach uh, my expectation of you. If you can reach my expectation of you, then my bar that I set for you was too low because there's got to be that creative discontent. There's got to be that little gap between what I expect from you and where you get. Otherwise, my bar was too low. So, uh, you were referred to us by the roads, correct? A friend of yours referred me referred you to us. How did you How did you get uh, to my classroom door? Yeah, so Brian Rhodes is a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for about twelve to fifteen years. We've mixed and mingled in um, our, our church uh, commitments and families and school, etc. And he's brothers with Mike, so uh, they they both own EcoTent. And uh, I was invited and and frankly sponsored by him to come. And that's how um, yeah. that's how I connected with you. Yeah. Yeah. And just so those of you listening, my listening audience, let me give you a picture. Uh, Jeremy is the uh, a stud. Uh, he's probably about six foot tall. He's good looking. He's healthy. He's got a, a good relationship with his wife and family. He's a church leader in the in the LDS church. So uh, you look at Jeremy and you see that's what a man's supposed to look like. And then and then at graduation, we met his wife and like our jaw dropped. Like what a beautiful woman. And so you look at Jeremy and his wife. They got the two 
2.5 kids. They got a beautiful smile. They got everything going for them. They are, when you think of, wow, uh, that's Jeremy and his family. And so, Jeremy, you got all this going well. Life is going good. So you got to be honest with me. Thursday night, five minutes into class, as we get started, what are you thinking? What's going through your head? Well, hey, hey, thank, thank you for claiming all that uh, prior to. I, I mean, it, uh, I live an yeah. incredibly blessed wife life, and and having you know my wife and family, I, you know, is one of my yeah. most the cherished possessions of life. But yeah. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I thought it was going to be a mix yeah. between. You know, uh, a revival, a revival. Uh, Tony Robbins. Are we going to be walking on ass? I mean, like, yeah. like, is this going to be hip, hypnotherapy? Like, and, and, and yeah. I'm like, what is my friend Brian getting me into, brother? So that's yeah, yeah. that's where I was. Well, at. it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, right? I mean, it's intense. Would you say uncomfortable is a fair word for that class? A thousand percent, a thousand percent <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's what I do. I, I shake the cage. You know, we get in our comfort zone. And like I said, Jeremy, you got a pretty good life, right? I mean, on the outside, people look at you and say, wow, that's the type of life I want. And yet I tell people that our comfort zone is where things go to die. Our marriages die sure. in our comfort zone. Our relationship with God dies in our comfort zone. The importance of our children dies in our comfort zone. And so no matter how good your life is or how bad or struggling your life is, my goal is to make you uncomfortable because we don't grow in our comfort zone. We've got to step outside of our comfort zone. And, and you, you're you well-mannered. Everything's in, in place. And that class is edgy. Uh, it's loud. It's intense. It's uncomfortable. Uh, and so early on, it had to be shaking you at your core. Like, what did my friend Brian get me into? But let me ask you something, Jeremy. Looking back, looking back, you know, the old saying, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back, does the classroom... Does it make sense what we did? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you built, uh, you know, kind of line upon line and uh, precept upon precept, if you will. And, and at first it's like, what is he doing? You know, and I'm like, what did Brian get me into? Like I said, and, and it's like you're hitting us with this blunt force object, uh, force object uh, of reality, you know, the reality of mortality in, in our faces. And it is uncomfortable, and uh, yeah. So you you came bringing down the house with the fire of uh, just looking in the mirror, and you know other modalities uh, as far as projection and confrontation in a way that would not have made sense if if it wasn't laid out brick by brick until the very end um, when we literally had to break through uh, to have a breakthrough. Um, you know, some of our own personal challenges and, and see it on the other side. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And and two things. Number one, you know, we have you identify the biggest block to leadership and, and to deal with it. What did you identify as your biggest block in that class? Oh, man, this this is a big one. So yeah. so for me, I, I am at my core a people pleaser. And so mm-hmm. what's tied to that is just the desire to be liked by everyone. So, yep. but what comes with that is the caveat of kind of at times being a pushover, at times mm-hmm. not confronting truth, 
and having uh, conversations that are sometimes confrontational but meaningful in a way that hey how do we improve together well this is what I see and then and then not really like projecting my pr- my purpose or my true self and kind of being awash with the needs of everybody else. And so that was my main, um, you know, thing I had to break through in a literal and figurative, figurative sense. Um, so yeah, I hope, hope yeah. that helps explain that. Yeah. Please. And that was big because it is a wall that every single human being possesses this wanting to be liked. It's a garden wall in my world because I had to get over that about 30 years ago because I'm I'm bringing fire and I'm making people uncomfortable. And uh, we are all great martial art experts. We block and we attack. And it's never about us. We project our stuff on other people. You know, that person made me angry. That person put me down. That person made, you know, and quit giving away control of your feelings in your life. And, you know, I always go to the example of Jesus Christ. You know, we're, we're celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ. And yet on the cross when he was crucified, because he was born to die. Boy, talk about a song, right? Born to die. He was born to die. And, uh, you know, he said on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what to do. And these were people who were spitting on him, mocking him, uh, strip him naked, hanging him on a cross, um, and putting a, 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 thorn, right. a crowd of thorns. And yet Jesus didn't block an attack. He didn't call a legion of angels down. He didn't retort back with harsh, mean words. What he said was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So that's a great example for us between the stimulus and the response. There's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. So, Jeremy, if you had to pinpoint right now, there's a lot of things you got from the class. You and I have talked outside of this radio call. But what would you say right now is the biggest takeaway, the biggest benefit you feel you've gotten from the class so far? There's a handful, Scott. I mean, and I've I've thought of, about this in retrospect, but I would say my my inner circle is key to me, and so what it's done is is taken kind of a complacency with my relationships to a whole mm-hmm. other level of accountability, looking people in the eye and having laser focused conversations with those that I loved, which was kind of not. Um, I guess my high priority. And so from there, realizing that those relationships are so vital and key in my life, and maybe I've taken them for granted, but then to also expand that inner circle and, and kind of just have it grow to other people. Like we met a whole new group of people over the past weekend, and I consider them now my beloved brothers and sisters who I care for implicitly. And at looking them in not just the eyes, but through that to the soul. And when I came back, man, that Sunday back in church, it was like conversations (laughs) were on fire. It was a whole nother level beyond level, beyond level. And I want to maintain that. So that was one thing I obviously have other takeaways, but I think that prioritizing my inner circle and, and beyond this life, if you believe in an afterlife in any way, say, you know, shape or form, which I do. And I know you do. One of the things that we will be able to carry with us, is our relationships. I believe that Amen. with everything that I have. So, yep. so why not more have a better priority and a laser-like focus and clarity when you're communicating to someone? And I feel like I have that way more in my tool belt. So that's awesome. what I awesome. offer up. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to go to heartbreak. Jeremy, stay with me because i got lots more to talk about. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the bar, which is our expectations of ourselves and other people. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Mm-hmm. 
This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. This is your hour of power where we help you live life like it matters. Because we only have one life to live. And when we live it like it matters, let's be honest. How many shots do you need? And today we're talking to a recent graduate of our Team 230 training. It was in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if you have any questions about our transformational training, just go to likeitmatters.net. I guarantee you two and a half days that will rock your world. That will forever create that line in the sand before Leadership Awakening and after Leadership Awakening. So let's go back to our phone line and let's welcome Jeremy back to Like It Matters Radio. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Oh, you bet. My pleasure. Well, you know, yeah. the cool thing about my training, and you're a leader of people, you're active in your church, you oversee, you mentor people. You know, our class is, uh, you could write a dissertation about people, about life, about change. And one of the things that I love about it is people get a chance to take a look at their expectations. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have low expectations of other people. Matter of fact, one of the sayings I shared earlier is that expectations are the seeds of all disappointment. And I always say, whoever said that first should be shot, because that is terrible because we stop having expectations. We lower the bar. We think it's to me, it's condescending. And, and there were people in your class, let's be honest. And you know, this, that were more broken than others that, I mean, when we first started going, couldn't look you in the eye. Uh, I had a guy go up there to have a, give a three minute speech and stood in silence in, in in, for three minutes. So you learned a lot about people. Tell me from that class, what did you learn about people in that class, Jeremy? I, I think that we may not have an equality of struggle, but as as humans, we have uh, we all have junk. We all have garbage, and I, on the yep. outside, it may look like I have perfect life, but that couldn't be anything mm-hmm. further from the truth. We're all broken yep. to some degree, but how do we show up with that brokenness? How do we yep. push through? I think is the question that um, you know is is larger to ask and help me confront that in 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 my life. So it made me feel like I you know want to show up different in every way, yep. shape, and form as a father, as a son, etc. So. Yeah. And you saw, and I deal with that. I always, you know, when that starts opening up and you start seeing the realness of people's pain, I always look at you guys all in the eyes and say, "Welcome to my world." I walk in people's pain, and, and you hit it right on the nose. In my book, my standard of truth is always the Bible. And the Bible is clear that all fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. We're yeah. all flawed. There's only one perfect, and it's not us. Uh, and so I always go back to that standard and show that. And you're right. It's not what happens to a man that matters. 
is how does that man respond to it? It's not what happens to us that really defines us. It's what happens in us. And yeah. and I deal with this. I see the brokenness. I see the hurt. I see the pain. I live in it. And you had a couple people in there uh, that were really broken. I mean, couldn't smile, uh, looked like they had beaten up all their life. And I pushed them hard, didn't I? It was hard to see, frankly. Um, yeah. But you find yourself being an ultimate like uh, cheerleader for them. And that's how the class yep. was uh, through it and to the very end. Yeah, but you're right. It was. It's uncomfortable for me, especially when I know here are two people that are really broken, that can't even make eye contact, that can't raise their voice, that can't look up. And I'm pushing them as hard, if not harder, than everybody else. And, man, I can feel the, the darts coming from people's eyes. I can feel almost the hatred. Like, how could you be so mean? How could you be so to, so cold? Do you not? Do you eat your children? Do you live under a bridge? Right? I mean, right? I mean, People yeah, think yeah, I'm attacking like, these people, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who is this guy coming out like this fire-breathing dragon? I'm like, go easy on him. But, like, like life has not gone easy on them. And, like, you, nope. you're this force of nature to kind of help them confront and break through. And, man, you are gifted. And you really help them. And, and you know, we're all cheering them on in every every step of the way. But, yeah, it's, it's facing that struggle of a life hard living um, to, to yeah. kind of push through to the other side. Yep, and here's the key. Those people in your class always said those are just 10 random people. You were in there with nine other people. There was 10 of you. Well, actually 11. One quit, but you wound up with 10. And I always tell people, and you heard me say this, these are representative of people in your life. There are these these Mr. Cushmans or Mr. Cobb. They're everywhere. They're all around us. Uh, And for me, it gives us an empathy and understanding that there's a lot of hurting people out there, a lot of broken people out there. And the cool thing, Jeremy, me is what was the outcome for those two individuals we're talking about, the two that were really uh, broken, I really pushed hard. Uh, How did they come out of the class, Jeremy? Tell our listeners, how did they come out? Oh, you know, they came out with smiles, confidence, and like an inner uh, weight had been, uh, you know, extinguished or or set aside to, you know, to be burned and, and a feeling of hope, like real hope. I could see it. Like dead, yeah. like being dead in the eyes to like a sparkle or, a, or, or what, you know, fire behind the eyes, like more, way more life there. And yeah, super encouraging. Yep. Yeah, and what happens, a lot of people feel sorry. Let's be honest. There's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Uh, and a lot of people pity people. Yeah. Uh, sympathy. Uh, and, and what you do is you basically lower the bar. It's condescending. It's like, you poor soul. Boy, you he can't handle it. He can't handle it. And to me, the mean person is the people saying that. It's not me who's pushing them. I have the same expectation for them that I have for everybody. I just know they've been lied to. I know they've been beaten down. I know by themselves, by other people. I know they've been discouraged. They've been abandoned. I mean, you got one gentleman in there that shared a story about he was abandoned at every turn of his life. You know, had three or four multiple families that his dad would keep remarrying and he would be joined with these other people. And then when he needed something, there were just more people not to be there for him. And so that's what I see. I see someone that's hurting so bad that I care about enough. I'm not going to leave them in their pain. And then I look at other people saying, oh, leave them alone. They're 
they can't do much better. I see that person as actually doing much damage, enabling them to stay stuck in that lie that they're not worthy, that they can't do it, that they can't overcome. And so, yeah, you saw them awaken and come to life. And, and the key is now you're aware that there's more other people, more people like that out there. And you said the way you've had relationships, communications in church. Tell us about that. From your class experience, what's different about how you're interacting with people? So, so for an example, on, on Sunday, uh, one of the brothers that I, you know, I um, kind of have stewardship with and over and love on, um, spoke in, in church, and he's just recently divorced, and, you know, tears in his eyes. And right afterwards, I went right up to him, and I just tapped him in the shoulder. I'm like, you're an amazing orator. You're an incredible man. I love you to the core. You're special to me. And, like, I got, I just cut right to it, laser, and, it, like, he starts just, just – Tears like alligator tears on his eyes. So that that's just right there for like for an instance. Um, yeah. And of course, my son noticed uh, sitting next to me in the pews, some like kind of an aura around him. And I encouraged my son to step forward with courage and share that with my brother. And he did. He went up there and said, "Hey, I uh, saw like I saw this kind of light and this aura around you." And more tears flowed. Uh, so, so that was just one example. Um, you know, with that, uh, and um, yeah. you know, your your program's like rocket fuel. It really is to life. Well, that's so cool. You said, what, what did you say? The man who uh, uh, shows fire through his eyes. What did you say about me? I forgot. It was pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, who shines fire through his eyes, basically. Yeah. You know, or Howard like Godzilla coming down to the, yeah, Cyclops, right, Cyclops. So. Yeah, that's so cool. Sure. What about at work? Because you, you lead people at work. Well, you work for an elevator company, correct? Yep. I work for Schindler Elevator here in Las Vegas over um, service sales and business development, key account manager. So I have teams that I work with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not – it's kind of we're at a place where, you know, not accepting mediocrity. It's just trying yeah. to crush that. And whether it be – you know, it's largely communication or not communicating. And, and I've learned through the, your program that not communicating is actually a choice. Yeah. Um, so if, if team members are not not communicating, it's by choice. And how do we get that and kind of set the bar higher without being a jerk, right? So it's having those clear communication lines and, and expectations set on the onset. And I've also, you know, learned or, or it's reframed in my mind the important to the importance to have the outcome first. And then yeah. using creativity to help establish a way to get there. Um, we yeah. commonly get stuck in our routines on that side of the brain that's more logical and more like uh, task oriented. But when we move to the other side of the brain and invoke the powers of creativity, it resets the programming, uh, you know, of, of either mediocrity or complacency that we've come accustomed to. So, uh, I mean, I'm not a perfect example, but it's it's something I'm working on every day to challenge myself and challenge others to live to a higher standard. Amen. And that's what God said. You know, God said, Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. In other words, what you see me doing, you do. And there's three steps to the Christian process. There's justification, there's sanctification, there's glorification. And sanctification is where God takes all the unfairness, all the injustice, all the things that never should have happened to us, and he uses that 
to make us more humble, to make us more like his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. So we're getting ready to go to heartbreak, Jeremy. You are a blessing, my brother. Uh, I am so honored uh, to call you friend and brother. And if there's anything I can do to serve you, my friend, you let me know, okay? God bless you, Scott, for your program, your effort, your ministry. It really is ministering to the hearts of, of men and women across across the land. Anything I can do to help, I'm here for you. All right, my friend. God bless you. Have a great day, okay? Merry Christmas. All right. You take care. Merry Christmas to you. Bye. All right, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all in the people business. I don't care where you get your paycheck from. I don't care if you believe in the living God or don't believe in the living God. It's all about people. You know, you're a people. We talk to people. We procreate people. We see people on the streets. We see people in the grocery stores. When you can understand you're in the people business, then you can truly live your life like it matters. So I am Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We'll be back after these few-minute messages. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And my hope for you this Christmas season is that you raise the bar. Raise the bar in the holidays. Raise the bar in your relationships. Raise the bar that you set for yourself in 2022. Let's be honest. In the COVID-19, one of the biggest um, problems with COVID-19, you know what it's caused people to do? is go into survival mode. Go into good enough, that G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F, good enough to get by, good enough for government work. You know, for me, I've put on, I'm probably 100 pounds overweight now. You know, probably put on about 70 pounds during COVID. I basically just waited for the rapture. I can still help people. Every day I'm awake, General Jesus, Private Black reporting for duty, sir. And so I still push, I still show up and give everything I got, whoever crosses my path. But we've all lowered the bar with COVID-19. Let's be honest. We've lowered the bar with Joe Biden. We had such a high bar with Donald Trump. And for some people, everything he did was wrong because the bar was so high. And with Joe Biden, we got no bar. The guy sounds like a, a fifth grader sometimes. Gobbledygook. Can't tie two sentences together, but he's a great guy. I mean, I'm stunned at how collectively the media in this country has low expectations of Joe Biden. Inflation going through the southern border. We got millions of people coming over illegally. We got drugs coming over illegally that are killing more people than COVID. I mean, we got uh, human smuggling, child prostitution, uh, uh, illegal organ harvesting, all from our southern border. And you notice it's not even reported anymore. The bar is so low for the Biden administration. Why? Because it's all about the narrative, stupid. 
you've got to believe Joe Biden is good because they can't say, I told you so. There can never be, I told you so, that someone could be worse than Donald Trump. That's what they want you to do. So that's why the media will never tell you anything bad about Joe Biden. They want to protect it. Facebook will ban you if you say anything bad about Colin Kaepernick or George Floyd because they are gods to the left. Uh, man, look at those one CBS uh, Sunday Night Football lady. Uh, she now has basically been relieved of duties. You know what her crime was? You know what her sin was? She said something bad about Colin Kaepernick. She broke the woke, and now the woke got rid of her because you are not allowed to say about anything about the God Colin Kaepernick or the God uh, George Floyd. And so what's happening here is it's called the Pygmalion effect. The Pygmalion effect, or the Rosenthal effect, is a psychological phenomenon in which high expectations lead to improved performance in a given area. The effect is named after the Greek myth of Pygmalion, a sculptor who fell in love with a statue he had carved, or alternatively, after the psychologist Robert Rosenthal. Now, there is a difference between the Pygmalion effect and the Galatea effect. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I think I am. The Galatea and Pygmalion effects are two important management theories based on the power of expectations. The fundamental difference between the two theories is that the Galatea effect is based on an individual's expectation about himself, whereas the Pygmalion effect is based on the premise of people's expectation of others. And Rosenthal did a study. Uh, and I think it was Rosenthal. It might have been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was Rosenthal. And I didn't have time to find it for the show, but I'll tell you what it is. I've talked about it for years. Is He took two groups of students. And he had two teachers. And he put one teacher in a group, and he told them that these students were high achievers. They were in the upper echelon. They got to be challenged. They got to be pushed. Uh, and at the end of the study, they tracked their success. And that group of students did far better than the normal of other students. And then there was another teacher who was given another group of people. But these students were trouble students. They were difficult learners. They were uh, had learning disabilities, uh, and uh, they weren't really into learning. And so the teacher knew that going in. Of course, you would expect, because that group of people had lower abilities, had lower giftings, if you will, that their results were going to be less than normal. And that's exactly how it played out. But here's the problem. He lied. Yeah, did you hear what I said? He lied. See, the one teacher who was told that his students were remarkable, gifted students, they lied. They were actually troubled students. They were actually students who hadn't done well. They were actually students who didn't do well in learning, who had, quote, learning disabilities. And the other group that he told was learning challenge and all that, he lied. The learning challenge group were actually the gifted group, were actually the people at the upper echelons of school. But the outcome was exactly what I told it was. The group of gifted students who the teacher thought were trouble students performed below normal expectations of all students. And the group of students who were troubled students, but the teacher believed they were gifted students, achieved far better than the norm. That, that is the Pygmalion effect. And what happens in life is Galatea effect that we lower the bar on ourselves. See, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And yet most people don't know what they believe. And so you got to tackle these beliefs. That's why I talk about the logical levels. 
you know, spirit, identity, beliefs and values, capabilities, behavior, environment. See, we have belief systems attached to all these levels. You know, spirit, that there is no God, or that God's mad at me, or I'm not good enough for God, whatever it is. See, we got belief systems that affect at the spirit level. Identity, I'm not an emotional person. Um, I am a, a not a good person. I am not successful. Don't you hear? That's identity. How about beliefs and values? Oh, I need 10 hours of sleep at night to function. Um, uh, I, I'm not a very likable person. Um, uh, you know, if I open up my heart to someone, they're going to crush it. Don't you hear the beliefs and values? Capabilities. Oh, I can't speak well in public. I can't function without this much sleep. Uh, I'm not an aggressive person. I'm, do you hear it? Behavior. Well, I don't talk loud. Uh, I don't connect with people. Do you hear it? Environment. Uh, I don't go to church. I, I go to bars. Uh, I hang out at nudie places. I, right? You see, all these belief systems and these belief systems drive everything we do. And in those beliefs are expectations. And we lower the bar ourselves. We never achieve what we were made to achieve. And that's what I do here at Like It Matters. I help people maximize the potentials they were created with. I actually have people start believing in themselves because a lot of people don't. We think we know it all. We think, well, my, my son is seven years old. He turned seven in a week or two. But he always, you know, when I'm telling someone, he goes, I know, Dad. I know, Dad. And I sometimes have to yell him, you don't know. You're six years old. You don't know. Because when you say you know, you basically brush it off. And what I'm dealing with is the belief systems. See, that's why one of my favorite poems, I love it, is called The Cookie Thief by Valerie Cox. Because we think we know we're going, what's going on. It's like the sixth sense. You think you know what you're going on in that movie. And then at the very end, you find out you didn't know squat. And so it's by Valerie Cox. It says this. A woman was waiting at an airport one night with several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shop, bought a bag of cookies, and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book but happened to see that the man beside her, as bold as could be, grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between which she ignored to avoid a scene. She munched cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by, thinking, if I weren't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she wondered what he'd do. With a smile on his face and his nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and thought, Oh, brother, this guy has some nerve and he's also quite rude. Why, he didn't even show any gratitude. She had never known when she'd been so galled and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed to the gate, refusing to look back at that thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane and sank in her seat, then sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her bag, she gasped with surprise why there was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. If mine are here, she moaned with despair, then the others were his, and he wanted to share. Too late to apologize, she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate. The thief. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we think we're giving 
when we're actually really taking. I am sure all of us can relate to times in our lives when we felt absolutely certain our perception's right, only to find the truth in a different light. Have you been the cookie thief more times than you'd like to admit? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to raise the bar. To raise the bar ourselves. To expect more from ourselves. To demand more of ourselves. To let go of the past. To keep no record of wrong. To get rid of that pound of flesh. Because you're better than that. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black. Helping you become more hopeful about your future. Reminding you, when you live your life like it matters. It does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.